Prayer is a miracle. Our voices cut up through all that space from mankind's tiny blue launch pad, and we get God's ear. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Sadly, I have dared to go many days in my life without God hearing my voice in prayer. And this photo illustrates the truth that on those prayerless days, I was holding on really tightly to a pale blue dot instead of extending my arms to bring God's kingdom down to earth. So what exists in this vast space between earth and heaven? A lot of noise. Some unpleasant noise and some really grand noise. You may recall that last week, Debbie said that we can experience some static when we have, are engaged in listening prayer. Well, there's some static in the space between heaven and earth as well. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That static is in this space. I don't have time to teach about this tonight, nor is it tonight's focus, but for fun, why don't you try reading Daniel chapter 10 sometime. Notice that in verse 12, Daniel's prayer reaches God's ear the day he utters it, but then it's followed by a 21-day-long interference against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms before the prayer gets answered on earth. Fascinating. Now let's switch our attention to the grand noise. In addition to the static, our voice cuts through singing stars. I first learned about singing stars from Louis Giglio and Matt Redman's book, Indescribable. In preparation for this talk, I ran across recordings of singing song stars. <clears throat> One of the oldest known clusters of stars buried within our galaxy has been caught singing by astronomers from the University of Birmingham School of Physics and Astronomy. And I put this link in your notes in case you want to show your family sometime. We can listen to the stars singing by hovering over the yellow circles. Lisa, would you please play the stars for us? It's okay. Those stars hum, and each one has a different frequency of humming. And they all are humming simultaneously as an orchestra, constantly. It's very, very loud. There's even more noise to talk about. Here it is. When I first heard that, I got goosebumps, just kind of imagining them all humming, all humming like that together. Each star, you know, created by God's own voice, calls them all by name. There's even more noise to talk about. Approaching the throne of God actually is very noisy experience. 
Revelation 5.11 tells us, and I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, 100,000. That's how many angels encircle the throne of God and in a loud voice, each one is saying, they're not whispering, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. God is way up there looking down through the galaxies, all humming away in orchestra fashion, declaring his glory. And deep in the protection of such majesty is our pinpoint called Earth, inhabited by microscopic-sized people in frail bodies that have no power, sometimes get sick, and always die. Mm -hmm. Yet, think about the miracle. God gives us a direct pipeline up through the galaxies the static, the singing stars, the crying out of 100,000 angels, and we get to his ear. Psalm 18.6 says, in my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. Not only is prayer a miracle, intercessory prayer is a miracle. There are many terms in the Bible for prayer or types of prayer. 1 Timothy 2.1 mentions petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving all in one verse. Ephesians 6.18 mentions supplication. So I set about trying to distinguish between all the different terms. And what I discovered was that depending on the commentary you read, the definition shifts a bit and they overlap. So I ended up liking what Barnes notes on the Bible says. With all kinds of prayer, prayer in the closet, the family, the social meeting, the great assembly, prayer at the usual hours, prayer when we are specially tempted and when we feel just like praying, prayer in the form of supplication for ourselves and in the form of intercession for others. This is, after all, the great weapon of our spiritual armor, and by this we may hope to prevail. Thankfully, one stable definition in all of my studies, studying was intercession. It always means praying for someone else. And it, is usually, it usually means praying for someone else for a long time. It implies intensity. And intercessory prayer works. Let's consider Job. Job prayed every day for his family and God provided a hedge of protection around them. Let's look at some verses in chapter one. His, starting in verse four, his sons used to hold feast in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom for his adult children. Skipping to verse eight, God bragged on Job. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? While preparing for this study, I saw this umbrella online, and Hillary was really nice to let me get it as an illustration. 
It's kind of cool. It's the kind that um, goes out when you, you know, when you get in the car and it, you get wet. So it's an upside down umbrella. But look at this. Oops, I need to step. So it's got the stars. And it, and it reminded me of what we're talking about tonight, intercessory prayer. When we pray, our voice shoots up through all of these galaxies to God's ear, and our prayers of intercession do provide some level of protection. I view prayer as grabbing hold of heaven and pulling it to earth. What's up there? Well, for one, God is seated on his gloriously noisy throne. And when is the last time you invited him down? When is the last time you rolled out of bed in the morning and said, good morning, God, I invite your magnificent, holy, and perfect self into my day. Come on down, come on in. I want all of you. And I look forward to you showing up. Surprise me with your goodness, and let's have fun. In addition, Jesus is at God's right hand. What do you think he's doing all day long for all these years? Interceding for us. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus is talking to God about us all the time, interceding for us. So if you don't have anyone taking your name to God's ear, don't worry, because Jesus is. He also captures our prayers and then talks, adds his voice to our prayers and talks to the Father as well. I kind of imagine Jesus like eagerly waiting for us to throw him some words so he can grab them and then add his voice to talk to the Father. I only wonder how many days I have left him empty-handed. Besides God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit is up there too, and guess what he's doing? Yup, he's also interceding. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So we've got God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all waiting for us. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding to us, for us to the Father all the time. If that's what God, Father, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are spending their time doing, interceding, it would seem that they would need to be part of our prayer life as well. We must utilize this miracle. Everyone right now, think of someone in your life who needs some heaven brought to earth for them. Just think of their name. On the count of three, I want everyone to say the, the first name of that person, not the full name, just the first name out loud. One, two, three. Nick. God just heard that chorus. You just took that person with you right up through the static, the singing stars, the loud angels, and God heard your person's name. What a ride. But Laurie, it's just a mention, so it doesn't count quite, right? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Ephesians 1.16 has a Greek word in it that is translated in some versions as remembering, but in other versions as mention. I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Mention implies brevity. 
It is the translation of the Greek word mania, bringing to mind a personal remembrance recalling a particular aspect of a person. So let me ask you this. When you spoke your person's name a minute ago, did you speak the name while recalling a particular aspect of the person? Well, I would argue that our omniscient, all-knowing God heard all that was in your heart as you said your person's name a minute ago. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit interceded for all of it. This is what prayer is. Arms up, calling heaven down. But sadly, there are times in scripture where God could not find one person to intercede. Ezekiel 22.30, this is one verse not on your handout. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found none. All he needs is one. In Psalm 106, Moses interceded for the Israelites. They'd made a calf and were worshiping the metal image of an ox that eats grass, and they forgot God, their savior, who had done great and wondrous things and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Beginning in verse 23, God said he would destroy them. Had not Moses, one person, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Moses actually does this all the time for the Israelites, and it worked because God's people were preserved and we are here today. I wonder who in my life has no one speaking their name up through singing stars and angel voices to God's ear. How many days has God missed hearing the names of each of my children from my lips, opening the way for his will on heaven on earth? On the, way home to your, uh, on the way home tonight, drive through your neighborhood and just wonder if God is hearing each neighbor's name. Prayer is a miracle. Intercessory prayer is a miracle. Now we're going to talk about how intercessory prayer requires intention. Intercessory prayer requires the armor of God and Bible and some routine. I changed the words from your outline. I changed it from Bible and organization to the armor of God and the Bible and some routine. Intercessory prayer requires the Bible. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where's the safest place that I can pray from that assures me that I'm praying that his will be done? Debbie was correct last week, it's his word. Johnny Erickson Tata writes in her devotional published this April, the word of God is the Christian's true prayer book. The secret to receiving answers to prayer lies in how we use God's word during prayer time. That's why it's always a good idea to pray next to an open Bible. And this fits with the description of the armor of God in Ephesians 6. We don the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, we pick up our shield of faith, and then we what? We wield the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The only offensive weapon in that entire series is the sword, the word of God. So after donning the spiritual armor, that's important, 
Prayer is more powerful when we have the armor on. Um, Then we are to be found praying, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. See, the only thing we're told to do once we put on the armor is to stand and pray God's word. So suppose we're praying for someone to become spiritually stronger, and the journey's really long for this person. So now, if someone has someone in their life that, first name only, just want to shout out that because they, you want them to become spiritually stronger, they just, they're just not, it's just not happening right now. Would someone like to um, shout out a name? Mark. Mark. So I'm going to go ahead and stand on Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 for Mark. All right, our sword. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. For this reason... I bow my knees before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant Mark to be strengthened with power through your spirit in his inner being, so that Christ may dwell in his heart through faith, that he, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that he may be filled with all the fullness of God. My faith wavers less when I am taking, speaking God's word back to him. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Intercessory prayer requires the entire armor of God and the Bible, and also some routine or organization. Hillary mentioned lists in her talk a few weeks ago, and I, I have to tell you, I heard a little murmur go through the room, kind of like, oh, lists, that's so impersonal. But I'm going to stick up for a list today. <laughs> sure, I can free flow my prayer in the spirit, and many mornings I do, even just a couple mornings ago. There were, I never opened my prayer journal. There was just plenty pouring out. So that's true. But war, prayer is war in the heavenlies, up through the static. And soldiers don't get out of bed and do what they feel like on any given day. They have a routine. So I actually like lists. Give me a team list, a class list, a list of the 50 most influential people, a list of the 50th, the richest people in the world, a list of the Supreme Court justices, a list of teachers, a list of church leaders at Fellowship Bible Church, and it lands in my journal, in which I also have lists of every state in the United States of America and every country in the world. I write one to 30 next to them. Based on the date of the month, I just pray for that person, state, or country. I couldn't take a picture of any of my lists of people to show you, but I can show you a picture of my list of states and countries. So it's tattered, and I did that on purpose. It's been in my 
journal for a really long time. So again, I don't do this every day. That's kind of the point. But over years, have I? Yes. So um, what I do is on a day where I, I am conducting a routine like a soldier, um, or I have some extended time to do some work in the heavenlies for the Lord, I just look at the lines that line up with the date of the month, and I just pray simple things like, Lord, make, your, make, make room for yourself in Utah, for example. I just take the state to God's ear. And then if saying that state reminds me of a person who lives there or a, a, anything like that, I just keep going a bit. But sometimes all it is is, Lord, make room for yourself in the state of Utah. On another day, um, Montana comes from my lips. I take the state to God's ear and Jesus and the Holy Spirit capture it, right, and intercede for the Father about those states. So then I get to have an experience like this. In 2016, I was listening online to Passion 2016, and um, Levi Lusco was interviewed by Louis Giglio, and he told the story about how he and his wife were led to leave sunny California and head to icy Montana and Utah, now establishing Fresh Life Church, which has just made so much room for Jesus Christ in the states of Utah and Montana. And I sat there and I thought, well, I've never ever prayed for Levi Lusco because I just met him today. But truth is, I have prayed that Jesus would make more room for himself in Utah and Montana. So dare I wonder if maybe why Levi Lusco and his wife Jenny were lured from sunny California to Utah and Montana, might my prayers have done some of that? Why not? Sometimes I go to bed and I think, I wonder if I'm the only person in the globe today who interceded for Micronesia. Or on the 25th of the month, I go to bed and I wonder if, some, if I'm the only person on the globe, I have shivers, that prayed today for Namibia. Sometimes I might be, I think. I don't want God to look around and find no one praying for people in my sphere of influence. I need list to maintain a focus, undistracted routine for intercession on behalf of all people. But here's where I need to stop. No one's allowed to go home tonight and go, oh no, I don't do lists. Oh no, now I need to collect lists and put them in my prayer journal. Um, now, great, now I've, I've just been bombing it. No one's allowed to do that, okay? Um, here's the point of it. It's not my routine. It's that you have a routine. I think that there's argument in Scripture that we should all be intercessing. But what that looks like for each one of you is going to be completely different. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So maybe some of you walk your neighborhood every single day. Maybe you pick Mondays and you go a little more slowly. And you literally walk down the street and say, Jesus, make more room for yourself in this 735 and 745. Make more room for yourself in this address, 755. So I just left a neighborhood where I lived for 18 years. Imagine if you were interceding for those homes for 18 years, inviting God in, Ephesians, what is God doing with all this prayer, by the way? Um, it's actually not about us. 
So let's return to Ephesians 6. It's kind of our chapter for tonight, isn't it? Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 tells us this. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did some of those words sound familiar to Ephesians 6, 12? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. There we are again. Against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, on paper, we human beings aren't supposed to be the victors. We are microscopic specks of dust on a blue dot. Let's put that up again. Oh, yeah. We're powerless. But... God sent his son to die for us. He sent his Holy Spirit to inhabit us. And he said that we can link our nothingness to his somethingness through prayer. And we can put on a cosmic show for the enemy in the spiritual realms. It's time to invite God's will down from heaven to earth to take over, make room, and be the church. The Israelites marched around Jericho seven times and the walls came a-tumbling down. We can do that for our public school. I marched around each of the public schools my children attended before they set through the door. Anyone do that around the perimeter of your property line, your neighborhood. Pray Job's hedge of protection, forgiveness of sin. And let's stop praying some halfway prayers. When you intercede for someone, you going through an intense fiery trial, for example, find a fiery trial in scripture from which you can launch your prayers. So how about Daniel 3, one of my favorite? You've probably heard the story a gazillion times, but let's, let's poke at it and bring up some highlights. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, he threw them into a blazing furnace. So starting in verse 19 of that chapter, he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the fire. The men were wearing flammable items. They were wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and other clothes, and they were bound and thrown into the furnace. And the furnace was so hot that the people who threw them in were killed. So King Nebuchadnezzar had a sleepless night. He leaped up the next morning to see what he saw, and this is what he saw. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the sons of the gods. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. Okay, hear the miracle. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. There wasn't even a smell of fire on them. So when one of your friends is in the fiery furnace of circumstances with flames threatening to consume her, stand on Daniel 3. Lord, be with my friends. Show up with her in the flames, just like you did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Rescue her, and on the day that she's rescued, I pray that she doesn't have a hair on her head singed, and she doesn't even smell like smoke. Full restoration, just like you did in Daniel 3. If your child can't sleep, 
Lord, I pray Psalm 4-8 for my child. May she lie down and sleep in peace because you alone, O oh Lord, make her dwell in safety. Someone in your life is making decisions. Lord, I pray Colossians 1, 9 and 10 for my, my husband. I continually ask that you fill him with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that he may live a life worthy of the Lord and please you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. These are verses I'm praying for myself, this next one. People struggling with harsh tones. Lord, I pray Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 for my daughter. I urge her to live a life worthy of the calling that she's been received. May she be completely humble and gentle. May she be patient, bearing with people in love. May she make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You don't need my list. You just need this Bible. And while you're reading the Bible, if a person comes to your mind, then stop and pray that verse that brought them to mind. Maybe write the verse down and keep interceding that verse, using that verse to intercede for them. Let's pray. Um, while with our Bibles open this week. Let's pray his word. Let's plead his word. Let's connect God's word to our friends, our problems, our towns, our states, and ourselves. I love this umbrella. Let's enjoy the miracle. The miracle that when we speak, it cuts up through all of the galaxies and we get God's ear. It's a gift through the static, through the singing stars, through the 100,000 angels, and while we stand on a microscopic blue pale dot that most of you can't even see on the screen. Let's stand and pray. Thank you.